everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fulfillment Podcast, where we help discover a better you by finding fulfillment in life, relationships, and finance. I'm your host, Josh. In this episode, we are bringing on a special guest, somebody that I've wanted to talk to for a very long time, Mario, aka Freedom Fighter One. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on today, too. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, so I really wanted to bring you on. Um, I started following you, just to give you guys some kind of like context of how I met Mario and how we got to where we are. Um, I think I started following you just before the election. You had a lot of like informative content and like good stuff. A lot of it was kind of like stand up for yourself and show yourself kind of what you believe in and don't don't kind of like fret away from people deterring you or kind of like putting you down or trying to intimidate you more or less against what you believe in. So right. I ended up going to the uh, the MAGA march, convinced my parents and stuff to come with me. That's when we ran into you on the street and I was like, holy shit, if, if anybody's never met Mario before, he's a very distinguishable individual. Uh, he's got his Pico on right now, and that's actually, I think that's probably the exact outfit you were wearing when I saw you. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so it was very easy to distinguish who you were, and I was like, yeah, I think I know that guy. And you were just standing there on the sidewalk, looked like probably waiting for somebody, but we were kind of walking down the road, and uh, I saw you, figured we'd get a picture, and then uh, just kind of hit you up after that from there. But that's kind of how I came in contact with Mario. That's how we got, and then from there, it's just kind of been like steady, kind of like gradual conversations, sharing content, and just kind of going back and forth there. So... First off, I guess, thank you so much for kind of giving me uh, the little like kick in the ass that I needed to get myself past the, the breaking point, I'll say, about getting through kind of like the, the media narrative and just kind of right. like the negative criticism, right? That a lot of people, I think, especially on the right, feel and have been exposed to. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's definitely an interesting world, but let's, let's dive into you here for a minute. Tell us, for those of us that don't really know who you are, what you, uh, what you do, what you're about, tell us a little bit about your journey where you, what's gotten um, you where you are today. Yeah. So, you know, I've got, I guess, you know, a couple of, uh, areas, obviously I'm married and I've got children and I've been happily married for 16 years and we've got five children, believe it or not, okay. uh, 22 years old, all the way down to four. So on that front, we're extremely busy, <laughs> but, uh, you know, from a professional perspective, you know, I was, you know, first generation Mexican American, uh, mm -hmm. born in uh, Southern California. And uh, when you're raised Latino, um, there's basically two schools of thought. One school is, is as soon as you're 18 years old, now you better go get a job because you can, you can help, you know, bring an income to the household. Sure. The second school of thought is, uh, you better go to school. You better get a degree because that's the thing that separates you from everybody else. Um, and that, that's how I was raised. So mm -hmm. I was raised by, uh, till I was 10 years old, it was my mom and I, single mom. And, and uh, during, during that time, uh, it was my grandparents. And my grandfather uh, was a very much a, a believer in education. He didn't have any, any education. So that's all I ever heard was go to school, go to school, go to school. So got my degrees, you know, went into corporate. And I actually was in education, um, director of admissions at a couple of private universities here in Southern California. And, you know, I loved what I did because I felt like I was making a difference. Um, I felt like I, you know, had an impact on people's lives mm -hmm. and, um, you know, here I am and, uh, married, my wife's a stay at home mom, bought our first home, making crazy money golfing on Fridays, you know? And, <laughs> um, what happened was about 10 years ago, I got laid off completely out of the blue and sure. it hit me, hit me like a ton of bricks because yeah. um, I was not a diversified type of guy. I was not entrepreneurial. I went to work. I was good at what I did and I came home. And um, I think that having a secondary source of income is something that most people see the value in mm. too late. And, and that's what happened to me, point. you know, 
I, I feel like, you know, being a kid, you know, maybe this is this, I, I think this is just a boy thing, but growing up a boy, you know, we would always mess around, run behind somebody and pants them. Right. Yeah. You know, and then everybody laughs. I felt like I got pants, you know, cause <laughs> I just didn't, I didn't have anything, man. Yeah. I had money saved. I had my 401k. I had some stocks, but that was it. And so here I am, you know, six months down the road, I can't find a job pretty much living off, uh, you know, unemployment. Employment wasn't was nothing, um, and uh, starting to get desperate, man. I'm uh, I'm starting to get anxiety, uh, yeah. pacing the house at night, not really understanding what to do, where to go next. Because I could, there was jobs out there, but because I had so much success as as a at a young age, my income level that I, I needed, I just couldn't find that. And so uh, that's when a cousin of mine introduced me to entrepreneurship. And in fact, I actually got into direct sales first. Um, and he basically was like, look, man, I can show you how to make money by being a connector. Um, you're really good at sales and uh, you can do it from home. And so my thought initially was, well, look, while I'm finding a job, I'm making no money. So yeah, yeah I'll try this little side hustle type of thing. So at least at night or whatever, I could start making some cash because, you know, unemployment wasn't cutting it. Right. And so, you know, fast forward over the last 10 years, um, that led into, you know, meeting this person who met that person who met that person. And now we've, we've, uh, uh, you know, I've got an insurance license and do that. Um, I've also uh, launched a couple of businesses uh, in the e-commerce space and education company. And um, so, you know, we've been blessed, man. A lot of ups and downs along the way, a lot more downs than there were ups. But when you finally get that up and you start building on that momentum, it, it's pretty, pretty cool. But um, so that's who I am, entrepreneur. You know, I, I love taking pitches. I love hearing people out. You know, yeah. I, I, I'll, there's never a coffee I won't turn down to, <laughs> to hear what somebody's trying to do. Um, and, uh, but then about, I'd say about seven, eight months ago, you know, I, I'm a Christian and, and uh, yeah. I became a Christian when I was 20 years old. Prior to that, I was raised Catholic. Um, okay. and, and so I started kind of changing my worldview. Things just looked a little bit different yeah. in light of what I believed. And so about six, seven months ago, I just saw so much going on with this uh, pandemic. Um, I did vote for Trump in 2016, but I voted for him because he was a businessman. And uh, my initial thought was sometimes in business, you've got to make a difficult decision, mm -hmm. whether it's layoffs, you know, whether it's, you know, doing whatever you need to do to cut corners here and there, you know, to fiscally keep the, the ship running. And what I mean by cut corners is, you know, maybe we stop spending on over here in marketing or we reallocate yeah. those funds to a different position. And, right and those are tough decisions. Yeah. And so I felt like, man, the U S needs somebody who's just going to come in and look at this from a business perspective and write the ship. So that's why I voted for him at the very beginning, because it wasn't necessarily like, Oh man, he's so morally good. No, I, I that had, that really wasn't, you know, into my, into my perspective at that point, it was just like, look, let's figure, let's get with somebody who can actually do something for our country. Mm -hmm. um, but about six, seven months ago, um, I just got sick of it, man. I got sick of everything I was seeing happening. I, I saw this COVID thing. The numbers weren't adding up. Um, I, I started getting sick and tired of this, you know, this uh, anti-American rhetoric. And I just started doing videos. I just started getting on social media. My platform was really small. It's still not even that large. And um, I got a text message uh, from somebody or, or a DM. And they were like, hey, man, would you be interested in, in uh, joining Lexit? And I was like, okay. what's, what's Lexit? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got on the, I got on the, uh, the phone with, uh, Jesse Hogan, who was the, uh, the founder of Lexit and, uh, Lexit stands for the Latino exit of the democratic party. And gotcha. uh, he said, listen, 
you know, we, we as ambassadors, we're just basically influencers and we do whatever we can uh, using the platform that we have to be able to, to help um, not necessarily make people in the Latino community become Republican, but mm. uh, to help them to see that as Latinos by nature, we are conservative. And once you come to that realization that, you know, hey, man, I, you know, I love God. I do love God, whether I'm a Catholic yeah. or I'm Christian or whatever it is or Protestant, you know, right. I love God. I love my family. Right. I, I, I love the fact that in America it's free. Right. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. And, and I think at, usually at a very small scale um, and then some get to larger scales. But in our community, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. Right. We've been. We've been hustling and selling since the day we got here. So we do love free, you know, free enterprise. We do, we love capitalism. We love entrepreneurship. I don't know that I identify with this, you know, left yeah. group anymore. And so I, I was all about that, you know, and God's opened up some pretty cool doors because, you know, I've, I've managed to meet some, you know, other influencers who shared my stuff and started growing pretty quickly. And mm -hmm. because I come from an education past, the speaking past, the coaching past, uh, they asked me to become, um, and, uh, you know, for me, and, and I think maybe sometimes people have a problem with this. Um, I, I am, I am a Christian first, I'm an American second, and, and, and I am, I'm a Hispanic last. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and that, that's my order. And I think that that's the order it should be. I think that, yeah. um, we mess up when we say things like African American or, you know, uh, Latino American or Hispanic or Mexican American, right? Uh, for me, it should be American with Mexican descent, right? It should huh. be I'm American with African descent. Yeah. Right? Because what it does, it just flips the dynamic 100% yeah. because my loyalties. And let's just be honest, if Mexico loved us, we'd still be there. <laughs> and, and they don't, right? People True. come here for a reason. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget that too. A lot of people forget kind of like where, where their initial... I don't know, decision-making kind of like came from, I mean, yeah. things get, and I noticed this, right. I, I spent some time in the military, spent eight years and I noticed that, um, there's, there's a, what was it? Like a saying that was when the, uh, when the shepherd is so good, the sheep forget that there's a wolf and it's, I think incredibly relevant. Wow. everything wow. that's going on that we are the, the, the world that we've created, the nation that we've created is so just abundant in everything that we have. We kind of forget how good we actually have it because we've never been able to compare it to anything else other right. than what we've only seen. And that's how 99% of Americans in first world countries really are. They, they miss out on the perspective that they've seen from other places. That's why I think it's so important to have that from uh, different cultures and different backgrounds that they can bring those perspectives and, and hopefully teach. But um, I think the media is really strong enough to the point where you keep pumping a certain message out there it's all people are going to see. It's all they're going to hear. And they kind of forget what they've came from or the, the things that actually motivate them to, to be where they're at today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You think about like, uh, I heard a gentleman say the other day that America has dementia, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. they forget, they forget, we have forgotten who mm -hmm. we are. We have forgotten where we've come from. We've forgotten why we were founded, what we've done uh, to get to this place. Um, because you're right. It's, it's just like a, a, a child, right? If you spoil a child, Right. Then, then they don't know anything else. You know, yep. I actually did. I did a talk a long time ago where I said, um, uh, I believe being an immigrant is a privilege. Right? I believe it's a privilege because if you didn't come from anything, I always say it, you, you got you got this you got this dog inside yeah. of you that you can't teach. You can't teach somebody to be hungry. You can't teach somebody to want to work their face off. That's why 
when people come from other countries, um, they're more likely to be a millionaire than an American mm -hmm. because they yeah. know how to work and they got that dog in them. They're hungry. Right. Right. And so, Absolutely. you know, when I, as a dad, right, I, I say this often, this is so hard. It's such a hard balance because, you know, I wasn't poor, but we didn't have a lot. We mm. made it. We had, a, we had a good life. But I also knew that there were times, there were certain weeks when I was like, oh man, you know, I know where, I know it's tight. When your kid knows it's tight, you know, it's tight My, money. Right. So right. I understood the value of a dollar. I understood what it was like to go without. I remember having to wait two weeks to get a haircut. Right. Maybe that's why I get a haircut every week now, wow. <laughs> but you know, my hair was already long and I'm like, dad, I need a haircut. And he's like, oh, you know, we got to wait till this date. Right. Yeah. So, so when you grow up, you want to give more to your kids, but then you also want them to have that dog in them. You want right. them to be hungry, you know? So it's hard. It really is a hard balance because you want to see them happy. You want to give them, but that's all we've done. We've yeah. given and given and given and given so much that they think that this is the way it's supposed to be. And they don't know that if you go to the next country over, that's not how life is. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is the best way? Cause that's an interesting, I don't have any kids or anything, but plenty of people out here and those are listening and stuff do. What's the, uh, given your perspective as a, as an immigrant and as a parent, how do you kind of instill that in your kids? Do you, do you almost kind of like hold back and be like, Hey, we've got plenty, you know, we're very abundant in what we have, but I want you to understand that dad had to figure this out at one point, And I want you to understand that same thing too. Well, I think, I think understanding that, that philosophy, first of all, mm -hmm. is that, yes, we've got to teach them young, but we've also got to let them drown a little bit, right? It's kind of right. like, you know, the best example is, is like when you teach a kid to ride a bike, right? Yeah. You let them use the training wheels, and then there's that phase where they can do it, but they just don't believe they can do it yet. Yeah. So you got to run by them. But ultimately, as a parent, there comes a time where you're going to have to let go and stop. Yeah. But, 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 but they're going to they're gonna crash. They're going to crash in life, too. Right. And so it's hard to allow that, but you got to watch it. You know, you, you, mm -hmm. you know I, was, I remember one time my wife and I were taking a walk around the neighborhood, and my, my seven-year-old son is just, just nuts. He's, he's, he's all boy, man. He's all boy. And That's awesome. um, so he's on, his, he's on his scooter, I think it was, and... And I, he, he had a rule with me when we were walking, he couldn't go past the corner. So he could go, you know, you know, up ahead of us, maybe six, seven houses, but if there's a street, he's got to stop. Okay. And so he kind of got kind of far. And my wife's like, babe, you got to tell him to come back. And he's fine. We'll be right there. Don't worry. But you know, he's not paying attention. What if a car comes out? I said, then he stops. You better see it. Yeah. And, and I remember she was like, yeah, but what if he gets hurt? I'm like, did you ever get hurt when you were a kid? And she said, yeah. I said, so did I, you know, yeah. kids got to get hurt. You got to fall out of a tree. I heard a pastor one time say, um, he goes, how many of you guys rode in the back of a pickup truck when you were growing up and everybody raised their hand. Yeah. And he said, now, you know, how many of you guys would think of letting your kid ride behind a pickup truck right now? Nobody raised their hand. He goes, so actually what it is, is that we've created this idea that it's so dangerous when every one of us rode in a pickup truck on the street, I remember going with my baseball team in the back of a pickup truck to the Dodger game. Okay. And I know my coaches might've had one or two. Yeah, so right. That's we're funny. coming home at 10 o'clock at night on the freeway in LA. 
And I'm like, would I think of even letting my kids do that? No way. No, no. So yeah. it's, it's, it's the parents' mental block that we create these things that are, we, we create something that's not even there sometimes, mm. right? So I think that, that, I don't know if that answered your question, but I think yeah. it's just understanding this philosophy. And, and I think teaching free enterprise, teaching capitalism, teaching entrepreneurship um, is amazing. I wish I learned that stuff earlier. I didn't. I didn't learn it till I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think there is, uh, so w- when we talk about the relationship you have with, with your children and the relationship your parents had with you and how like you used to ride in the back of pickup trucks and Dodgers games, you know, like that kind of stuff. And you got to understand that getting hurt or failing is kind of part of the process to becoming who you are today, right? You, you're killing it. You're where Absolutely. you want to be. Like you're doing a really, really good job and, and you've got a voice that people hear and, and respect. Um, yeah. but, but that probably wouldn't have happened, right? If you hadn't learned the lessons and gone through the failures and done the things that you did, do you think that, I think this brings up an interesting question. Do you think that there's some sort of a similar relationship in terms of what God's plan is for each of us and the way he reacts to it? We sit and we, we think we have to pray about these outcomes that we wish we want. But in reality, it's the same thing as your kid running out and possibly getting hit by a car. Like, do you think God's got a similar kind of like the plan that he does is almost in a direct relation to kind of that example Absolutely. that you gave? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the beautiful thing about our relationship with Christ is that um, he gives us free will. He gives us choice. Mm-hmm. We clearly understand what is right and wrong. Right. Yeah. But we also have the ability to make that decision. Right. I heard it said a long time ago that Christ is a perfect gentleman. If you ask him in, he'll come in and you ask him out, he'll walk out. Right. And so he doesn't force himself on anybody. So, but he's always there waiting. He's always there. You know, the, the cool, the thing that I, I love about, the the person of jesus christ is that he's fully man and he's fully woman in in that he has characteristics of a mother because he said oh israel so many times i wanted to draw you to myself like a mother hen and put Mm. you under my wing but but you weren't willing to come so he's he shows the heart of a mother that's yearning for her child to protect them right but then on the other side he's fully masculine as as being a man and he's flipped over the tables in the temple, right? right so, right. you know, with, with us, I think that everything he does is true. Every the, the characteristics of God, uh, there is no impurity. There is nothing that is inconsistent. There is nothing that is hypocritical. So every intention he has is good. We, though, on the other hand, go astray. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of times where he's not, just like I wouldn't bail my son out, Right. Um, I'm going to have to let him learn his lesson because he's got to learn to be a man, right? Mm. He's got to learn to stand on his own two feet. God's not going to bail us out. Now he might show grace and he might show mercy from time to time, meaning not giving us what we deserve, right? Right. Or, or not allowing like, Ooh, man, I I didn't get the consequences. That could have been really bad. (laughs) Why? Because he wants us to learn from it, make a decision to change and not do it again. Same thing a parent does. Right. It's the same thing that a parent does, right? Sometimes you have to allow them to, 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 to fail, to fall off the bike, to make a decision. I remember when I first got married, this is even before, um, before I became an entrepreneur, um, I made really good money, but I, yeah. I wasn't good with my money. Mm. I, I was young. I don't know if anybody's ever made money young um, and you weren't raised in this philosophy of, of understanding how to respect money. Um, so I'm making all this money and I'm getting killed in taxes because I didn't own a home. And I remember thinking to my wife, 
man, my dad can help me. He could help me if he wanted. He could co-sign with me on a loan so I don't get killed in taxes. And, huh. and you know, he just doesn't want you. And I'm an adult. I'm married. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, he never did. And so I buy my first home. And I'll remember the first thing that he said to me. He said, hey, let me ask you a question. How does it feel knowing you bought this home all by yourself? And I was like, it feels amazing. Dang. And he goes, good. He said, I could have helped you buy this house five years ago. He said, but you did it on your own. And he goes, and if I die tomorrow, you could do it again tomorrow without me. Uh, and I was just like, wow. wow. You know, and to me, that was a godly thing because he, he said, you know, God tells, hey, look, I could bail you out at all the times, but listen, I'm going to let you work through it. I'm going to let you grow through it because mm. in failure, you learn more. Yeah. Damn. Isn't that crazy? That's powerful, isn't it? Yeah, dude. When you, yeah. when you can take a step back and I kind of, I don't know, I have a feeling, obviously nobody knows, but I have a feeling that's kind of what your entrance into heaven is going to be. You're going to see a timeline. It's kind of like of all the things that have happened. You're going to get almost like this foresight to be able to look back and be like, oh, I get it now. Like now I can yeah. see this is, wow. this is what got me to where I'm at. It's because, you know, you, you yeah. let me learn this lesson. I had to figure these things out. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of like modern wisdom comes from. When you get older, you become wiser because of the things you can look back on and be like, ah, I get it now. I understand. Mm -hmm. But not a lot of people can actually do that. I think it takes a, a very specific level of insight and almost you have to go through some sort of transition piece in your life to realize and recognize and be grateful for those things that have happened. I think a lot of people live their entire lives angry, upset, and, and damning the world almost uh, until they're on their deathbed. And then they're like, oh, I yeah. wish I would have done it differently. And by yeah. then, right, it's, yeah. it's too late. But um, I, I think there's power in people that are left to come to it on their own accord and have, like Christ says, right, you, you open your heart to, to his love. And that's really when you open the door to understanding and seeing the possibilities of all the different lessons and stuff that you kind of had to go through. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy, crazy, crazy things. I had to go through a, uh, so my background a little bit, I went through a divorce uh, a few years back found out she was having an affair, ended up leaving and kind of starting this whole life on my own. Went through a couple of things where I didn't quite understand what I was doing. I kind of like jumped from relationship to relationship and never spent that time on my own. And going like looking back at it now from where I'm at, I understand that the reason that I couldn't do that because I had to figure out on my own that there was something I needed to do. And it was turn around, walk away and be alone. Just, just be you, you have like, there's a mission that I had to accomplish and I was never going to get to be that person like who I am today without going yeah. through these things and coming to the realization of my own that, dude, you got to be alone, man. You got to be alone and you got to figure it out before you're going to find the woman that you need that is going to be the perfect match for who you, for yeah. who you are inside. That's Some cool. powerful stuff though. But That's what, cool. uh, for you, what was kind of your shift point? What was that, what was that turning point or that, um, that, that struggle? Cause I, I think I call it a shift point, but it's really the, the point in which you go through almost like a breaking point. Something breaks you inside and makes you just kind of like break down to nothing and realize you just have to give, give your heart and give everything and almost let Jesus take the wheel and show you that new perspective or that new path you have to be on. Can you point to a specific time in your past or a, a lesson that you learned that was kind of like, damn, this is like, this is the new phase of Mario. This is when I, like, I, I, I realized this is 1.0 and I'm transitioning to 2.0. Well, I mean, there's been, I think there's, so many points. I mean, I could talk about the, the, the reason I decided to become a Christian, the reason why I initially followed Christ to begin with. I can talk about um, when my brother-in-law, my best friend took his own life 
And in at that point, I realized that life is about legacy. Life is about others, and you know how much you really do. I mean, I sat there at his funeral where he felt as if he had nobody. He was by himself. Uh, this funeral had six hundred something people there from all walks of life, and you sat there and you're like, "What a shame that he didn't know how many people really loved him and how many people were like." I mean, I'm talking, I mean, my, he was a barber, he was a tattoo artist, he was a, he was a Bible teacher, like he had so many different friends from so many different walks of life. And they all came up afterwards and were like, man, you don't know how this guy changed my life. And, and so, wow. you know, I realized at that point, I sat there and said, if I were to pass away today, what would people come up and tell my kids, right? That, that yeah. was a huge moment for me, you know, um, as an entrepreneur. You know, as a business owner, there comes a point where as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, you've got to come to a place where you just don't care what people say. You don't, mm. you don't take, take any stock in people's opinions. Um, there's, a, there's a saying that I say often. Um, people always tell me I need to make a shirt, but it's your opinions don't pay my bills. Yeah. Bottom line, your opinions sure. don't pay my bills. Like, oh, you know, you're doing that thing or I can't believe you're involved in that. And they blah, 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 mm. blah, blah, blah. Listen, you yeah. can have your opinion right? You, you're, you're entitled to it. But until your opinions can pay my bills, I don't care, you know? Mm. And, and we are so focused on caring about what other people think yes. that it, it literally impacts our life negatively, financially, spiritually, like so many ways, because yeah. we're so worried. And again, in the social media society that we're in, I know so mm. many people who support Trump, and if you went to their social media, you wouldn't see a thing because they're afraid. That was me. Because they're worried yeah. about what people would think. Right. You know, and you've just got to come to that place where you get callous because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is your relationship with God, your relationship with your, your, your spouse or significant other and your children. That's that, yeah. you know. And so if you can run it through that gauntlet and whatever you believe in is okay with them, then you don't have to prove it to anybody else. You don't owe it to anybody else. Um, and then you just got to live by your convictions because ultimately at the end of the day, when we do stand before God one day, um, we're going to have to live, we're going to have to be accountable for our actions and our actions usually stem from our convictions. Did you act on what I put on your heart or did you not, you know, yeah. is, is really important. And I don't want to have that shame. I don't want to have that guilt. That's yeah, that's powerful. That's, that's where I was a hundred percent. I'd say three months ago, maybe. I mean, I just, obviously I have the same beliefs in the very similar structure, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's almost like you have people or you seek. Yeah. I mean, I guess I did, right. You seek the validation of people that kind of don't really matter to you, but in the back of your mind, they do like you'd almost, you'd rather avoid the criticism than, uh, than just cut the criticism out entirely. So you, you avoid creating confrontation. I think the secret to success for me at least is networks okay. and people. Um, I had to come to the realization is if, if I wanted to get to a different place in my life, whether it was mm -hmm. spiritually first and foremost, like if you just look at your spirit life, there's people we grew up with. Um, and I think this is something that we get trapped in. So many people, especially nowadays, want to be surrounded by people who accept them for who they are. Mm. Well, I love this. My friend, he accepts me for who I am. Well, guess what? They're crippling you because yeah. you can actually be so much better than you are. But you right. hang around with people who don't push you to be better yeah. spiritually. So if I wanted to be a, a 
walk closer to God, if I wanted to stop cussing, I need to stop hanging around with guys who cuss because that's who I'm going to be, right? If I want to, yeah. if I want to grow, you know, um, financially, I got to stop hanging around with broke people, but man, you don't understand. This is my boy, man. I've known him forever. You know, right. he and I, that's fine. And it doesn't lessen your relationship with him. But if you want to change your financial status, you want to change your financial situation, you got to get around people who are where you want to be. And so for me, I think the secret to, to my success is that I changed my mindset and then I put myself in positions and around people who were where I wanted to be. That's it. That's it. Where right. I want to be. And, 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 um, and I did see a separation. There's family members that I grew up with that were like, you know, brothers to me, mm-hmm. barely even talked to them. Right. Um, we don't, I don't have any ill will towards them or maybe, I don't know, maybe because of my, my beliefs they do towards me, but, um, it's almost like the word of God talks about what, what fellowship does dark darkness have with light? You know, sooner or later, you're going to have to realize, do I have anything in common with these people? Um, and if I don't, that's okay. I still love you just the same, but why am I spending so much time worried about your opinion? We don't even have the same values anymore. I don't even think the same things are important that you think are right. You know, know, I'm going to be 40 years old in a couple of weeks. I still have friends that, you know, their whole life is playing, you know, PS5. They stood outside to go get the new PlayStation. Yeah. The only reason I know there's a new PlayStation is because I have kids. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on it, you know? Yep. So I think it's really important uh, to, to check your circle. Yeah. What do you think that influence has on, like, because you just mentioned, right? Positive and negative influences. What, uh, I guess, were there people that came into your life that kind of gave you that kick in the pants that you needed? to be like, yo, Mario, if you want to get bigger, you like, you need to come either follow me or do what I'm doing or whatever. Like, was there an example that you kind of got to look up to? Cause I don't think anybody starts there or um, comes to that realization on their own. They have to almost like learn it. Yeah. I, I think first and foremost, my, my dad. Um, so, you know, I have, I have, he's technically my stepdad, but I don't identify with that. Uh, cause yeah. he raised me, he put, you know, my mom, uh, my mom and I moved in with him and they got married when I was about 10 years old and he, and he, he just changed uh, my, my, my philosophies. He just changed my thought processes. He would tell me, I remember growing up and I hated it. Um, cause we only had one car. And so it was just my, my mom and, and my dad and I, and, uh, I would be sitting in the car listening to Zig Ziglar tapes because he was a corporate guy trying to make himself better, but yeah. stumbled into personal development. And this is how old it was he had a book that was probably this big and you opened it up and there was tapes in it. It was a tape book. And I'd be sitting there listening to Zig Ziglar and I'm 10 years old in the back seat, like, Oh God, kill me. This can't we just put on some music. Right. But I'm listening to some of these, you know, these philosophies, you know, that you'll, you'll get anything you want in life by helping as many people get what they want in life. Right. That's, that's Zig Ziglar's famous quote. Zig always said, you can have anything you want in life. As long as you help other, as many people get what they want in life, you always win on the back end. I would always hear things like every time you point the finger, you've got three pointing back at you, right? Right. These are things that I just felt like were subliminally like ingrained into me. And now looking back, I can say that I was always a little different Um, within my group of friends in high school. um, I was different. Um, Then I became a Christian and I remember I wanted to serve in the church and I was like, Hey, you know, maybe I'll be an usher. I'll help park cars. And, the guy says, well, what, what service do you want? I said, hey, man, I'm open. Whatever you want to do, I'll do it. He goes, oh, cool. All right, do Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. We, we meet at 5 for prayer. I'm like, I'm 20 years old. 
And even Shit. though I was a Christian, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't partying anymore, but I'm still like, dude, 5 a.m. at the church and I'm sitting there and all these guys are grandfathers and I'm 19. <laughs> and so, but I learned, I've always found myself around older guys mm. and older men that were able to pour into me. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, I could literally put a chain of command of, you know, when I met this person, it was, I met this person and it's because of him, I met this person. And then this wow. guy, he did this and it opened up that door. And then this door opened up that door. I've made an insane amount of money. I have the lifestyle that I have um, because of networks, because of people that weren't my blood. They weren't people that I grew up with. Yeah. They were just being, that's why I say, I tell people all the time, um, the most expensive thing you can own is a closed mind, right? It doesn't cost you anything, but a, an hour of your time to pick up a call and, and have a zoom with somebody. Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything, but an hour of your time to say, Hey man, yeah, I'll meet you for coffee. What do you get? I get guys that call me all the time. They're like, Mario, can I, can I get, you know, 20 minutes of your time? I just want to share some things with you that I'm thinking about. Sure. If I'm open, yeah, I'll listen. Right. It doesn't mean I take everything. I, I, I don't, probably get involved in 90% of the stuff that I hear, yeah. but why would you not take it? Right. Because I was never taught that growing up. I wasn't taught that I was taught to go to college and go to get a job. Right. And, and right. so the philosophies have changed, but most definitely you've got to up your circle. You've got to get, if you're the best person, the smartest person in your group, you got to get a new group. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, got, you got to yeah. always be seeking to elevate always. Almost like uh it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you heard anything like law of attraction, but you create almost the reality that you, that you wish if I, and this is what I tell people too. I say right now you're at a point a, then down the road, right? You figure out point B or what you want to become. So if you want to become a successful business owner, you want a beautiful family, you want whatever envision what that point B looks like. And then ask yourself, paint that picture, paint the environment that, that, that lives with. Are you still hanging out with the dudes that play video games sitting on the couch? Are you still hanging out with the dudes that are, you know, smoking weed? Are you still hanging out with the guys that, you know, are, are working the corporate nine to five sitting in the cubicle all day? Are you still spending time in that same house? Are you doing the same things? Are you doing the same activities? If not, okay, what are the new activities that you're, you're doing? You know, are you, are you running? Are you actively working out? Are you spending, you know, time being outgoing and taking calls that you think may not go anywhere, but you're being a nice person and you're helping other people kind of grow. Yeah. Like what is, what does that circle look like? Are you around, you know, older guys or older gentlemen that have way more wisdom and can bring you up? Well, if it does, then you got to cut the people out that don't show up in that picture, cut them out. Yeah. Those relationships are going to have to go and you're going to become a new person. You're going to start surrounding yourself with those types of people. And then before you know it, that's you. Like now you're that new version. Yep. I, I think when you can, when you can like yep. connect those dots, when you can figure that, that solution out and that, that's kind of what it was for me. Now it's not an easy process by any means. It's a lot of hard work that goes into it, but it is powerful beyond measure because that's, that's how you make changes in your life. And if you want to make them intentionally, you paint that picture intentionally and you, you morph yourself to it. You do the steps that are necessary. You take action to going towards that. I think, a lot well, of I think you know, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant said it best. It's, it, it's about the journey, right? Yeah. The journey. Like when yeah. he was done looking back and man, man, with fondness, mm. those times when you were down, when you had to get up, when you, man, remember that, remember that. It's always about that. It's always about the journey, right? When you get together with people that you grew up with or you guys did, it's always like, man, do you remember when? Yeah. Do you remember when? Do you? So it's the journey, right? Right. But, we have to get to a place and I'm just going to speak um, to men because yeah. I have, I have a, a conviction on my heart um, about 
waking men up to be men. I was listening to a Bible study last night and this guy asked the question. He said, uh, is there a difference between being a, a male and being a man? Absolutely. 100%. He said, Good I question. think there's, there's a lot of 40 year old people uh, walking around with a penis um, that are, that can shave, but they're a boy. Yeah. And, and he talked about all the different, you know, um, characteristics of being a man. Right. And so one of the things that I believe wholeheartedly is that if we can um, come to a place where we teach men true biblical masculinity, yes. it'll fix our nation like that. Yeah. Because men are the problem, but men are also the solution. Right. Yeah. And, and so when you look at, when you get to this place, I love this idea of becoming better version of myself, because mm -hmm. if you're a competitor, if you've ever played sports, this is the, the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life yeah. is to become a better person, is to become a better man, is to become a better father, um, to become a better entrepreneur. Because listen, if I'm an entrepreneur, whether you like it or not, you have to be a good salesperson, right? Right. And people, mm -hmm. people are like, well, what's the, the, the if you were going to teach your kids one trade, one skill that you feel like, man, this, if they learn how to do this one thing, no matter what happens, they'll be okay at sales. Hmm. You have to be able to say, well, Mario, I'm an artist. Yeah, but you got to sell that painting to somebody. True. You got to sell to somebody why they should invest in you so that they can create your first show, right? You've yeah. got to sell to somebody why your, what your vision is. You, you always got to sell no matter what, right? So, so if, if you're a competitive person, then this evolution of becoming a better person, a better man is the competition with yourself. Wow. Right. Every day you can wow. get better. Today I got killed. I got beat up. Why? Because I did something that I know I shouldn't have done. Yeah. I, I struggled in a vice that I shouldn't have struggled in. Right. That's a loss, right? If let's say, you know, I don't know what your audience is. If it's mainly males, females, a little bit of both, but listen, yeah. let's say you're a man and you're struggling in pornography mm -hmm. and you you fall off the wagon man you get online and you spend a couple hours where you're not supposed to you 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 lost today yeah you lost and now can i get back up tomorrow do i have it in me that's huh. just like an athlete we got our butt kicked last night well we got practice today shake it off step up right we got it we got to keep moving so you can look at this journey of getting better. It, it, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's the, the, the most rewarding thing because there's always a chance to get better because, you know, maybe my son comes in and I react too harsh with him. Yeah. I failed. I lost. Right. Now I got to go back and I got to make it right because the coolest thing about being a parent is this is like your experiment. Like everything you do, you're going to be able to see the fruits of your labor. And, and I have, I have a 22 year old where I can see me as a parent younger and I see the fruits and I see my younger kids where I'm a, a little older, a little bit more mature and I can see the fruits. Huh. And, um, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wild, man. Wow. I never, th so I'm what 30 now don't even have anybody in my life. Right. And, uh, uh, that kind of just lend, uh, I guess, a little clarity because everybody questions, you know, the older you get, you're like, man, am I going to find anybody? Is this ever going to work out? You know, you start asking those questions. I think girls more than guys, but nonetheless, a thought that runs through our head. 
that, that lends some clarity, I think, to people that I, I think go through a little bit and understand some things and maybe I'll have a different outcome, right? God's plan kind of, I'll have a different outcome yeah. of, of who I raise and who I bring into the world now, as opposed to if I would have had kids, you know, 20, 22 years old. Absolutely. Interesting. It's, it's huge, man. It's absolutely. Cause you're, you're ever evolving. You should be, we should, yeah. ev- we should always be ever evolving. We should always be striving to get better because ultimately if you call yourself a Christian, then one day you want to stand before him and say, listen, whatever talent you gave me, whether it's to do amazing podcasts, whether it's to be a, a voice or an influencer, or yeah. it's just to be an amazing construction worker, <laughs> whatever you asked me to do, I wanted to be the best at it. And I, and I looked at it like an athlete. I, I looked at it like uh, you know, somebody who had to get better every day because I had a higher standard to live by. And I, I fell in love oh. with that journey of getting better. Wow. Jeez. Gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's really eye opening. I think I, ho- I hope a lot of other people are going to pick up on it too. I, I think people will, but I'd say there's a, um, would you agree with that? There's a, there's a, a shift almost in consciousness in terms of like what people are seeking and what we're after. And it's more of, we want, we want truth, but we want to be able to kind of be like free almost and, and be and understand who we are and what we bring to the world and find that, like that purpose, that relevance and almost bring that sort of positivity. I know there's constant negativity like on the news and in the media and everything is just pushing like doom and gloom, the end of the world, everybody's going to die kind of stuff. And I honestly, like when I go out and I, I look around and I go out and, you know, walk on around the city or, you know, I'm going to the store or whatever. If I'm positive towards somebody, generally I'm going to get that same energy back. And then it's like, hi, how are you? What's going on? World's crazy, right? Ha ha. Yeah. And then you just become friends with people, but it's like, I almost see more positive than I do negative in my own experience with the world. Whereas you would never guess that if you were completely removed from our society. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, for me, my wife laughs because I do it often. It's, it's an intentional thing that I do. Uh, if I'm in public, I look people in the eye. Um, I always try to give a compliment. Like I'll walk by two dudes That's and I'm awesome. like, yo, dude, those you're, you're uh, like I, the other day I saw this guy who was wearing the 11s Jordans. Those are like my favorite Jordans. <laughs> and, and he and his two buddies were walking in, we we're sitting at a restaurant. And I mean, these guys look like thugs to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he had on the 11s and I was like, yo, those are classic bro. And he was just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And he smiled. Yeah. Right. And so I don't think people do that. And, and you're yeah. right, because when you do that, mm. I never have conflict right. in public. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty, I'm a pretty opinionated guy, you know. <laughs> pretty confrontational um, man, yeah. Right, you know, and, and, and but, but when you put that out, you don't get that back, right? And so, man, yeah. hey, oh, man, those are dope. Or, hey, how you doing, brother? Like, always just trying to do that. And it's something that I intentionally do because I also always want to diffuse a place in a situation where I'm at. Yeah. So I don't need to walk into a place and try to be a tough guy, right? Because I'm way too old to be that guy, right? Yeah. Uh, so if I'm going into a place and I want to create a safe environment for my wife and I, yeah. then I, I smile at people, right? Or I'll, I'll be like, hey, what's up, man? Or how's it going, brother? Like, because I'm proactively trying to diffuse an environment because yeah. I'm just being smart. Right there, you know, and I think coming back to your, um, your previous point about masculinity and what like true masculinity and like feminine, uh, you know, energy and stuff with the the division between the two, would you agree? Or would you almost say that the people that, that come off with, you know, we'll say resting bitch face, but like, they're just automatically angry at everybody. And then someone that walks in like you, like 
positivity, 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 you know, just slinging it out to everybody you see. Like to me, that almost speaks as more of a, like your behavior is far more masculine than the behavior that these people put out. However, it may not appear that way if you go by like, I don't know, traditional means or whatever, thinking like masculinity tough, like that's what these guys think they're doing. But that's yeah. actually kind of more of a feminine trait. Like you're not, you're not yeah, being front. Well, I think the thing is, is that the man by God is uh, commissioned to be a peacemaker. Mm -hmm. You know, in your home, you're commissioned to be the peacemaker. And, and that's, that's where I think a lot of times men fail because I'm not called to be right. I'm called to keep the peace in my home. And sure. more men are focused on wanting to be right yeah. than to just bring peace in the home, right? And so, you know, when I think about uh, masculinity out in, in, in the environment, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line that I see, okay? okay. Um, it's around 30 years old. If you are 30 or older, you were raised in like this machismo mentality where you were, and it doesn't mean that your dad was a bad guy. He could have been a, a present guy. He could have been the coach on your baseball team. He could have been the guy that was not uh, disengaged. He was engaged in your life, but he was raised a certain way. And then the 30 and older crew were raised like, hey, stop crying. You don't do that, right? Hey, yeah. you're being a sissy. Knock it off. You're acting like your sister, right? Yeah. Boys don't do that. Boys don't cry. Stop it, right? That's the machismo, and that's wrong. Okay. That's wrong. You, it's not right, right? Because men do cry, and it's mm -hmm. okay to – because, again, if you look at Christ, he was fully man, and he also had all of the characteristics of a mother, okay? Mm -hmm. So it was like men don't cry. Well, guess what? Jesus cried. Men don't cry. David cried. And I guarantee you, you want to go man to man with David, you're going to lose. Yeah, David yeah. killed a bear and a lion with his hands. Okay. So, you know, 30 and older, you were raised machismo. Yeah. That's a problem. Okay. It's not the right way. But then 30 and younger, you're raised in this vanilla area where, oh, men and women are exactly the same. You know, uh, mm. we're, we're, and I'll speak to the church, right? Well, we're just all called to be Christians. We're just all called to be Jesus followers and anything a woman can do, a man can do. And that's true. Yeah. But whenever, cause way. like when, when you look at, I guess the question is this, is do men have a specific calling responsibility and a distinguished, um, character traits that were given by God? And the answer is yes. Because you can look at, at the Bible, right? You can look yeah. at situations of women in the Bible and where, where the, the word of God calls them to be strong and they were. Where it calls them to be tough and they were. Where it calls them to even fight and they did, mm -hmm. right? And then independently, you see the word of God calling men to be providers and protectors and to be warring and all these other. So, but any place you see them together in the word of God. When God identifies a man and a woman together, he always distinguishes between the two. Hmm. So a classic example, I don't have the actual scripture on my head, but when he says, women sub submit to your husband, right? Yes. Yep. But then he also about. says, men love your wife. Right. 
they are distinguished. They're different. It doesn't mean unequal. It doesn't mean that there's inequality there. Yeah. yeah. It just means that they're different. Well, why would God distinguish between the two? Because they're different. Yeah. So there are certain things that men are in a, now can a, it says, you know, men deal with your wife in love. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then elsewhere, when they're talking to the male and the female together, it says fathers do not stir your children up to wrath. Right. Hmm. Do can, can mothers stir their children to wrath? Yeah. Right. But what it's saying there is I'm going to distinguish just the men here because the man because they are stronger, because they are certain characteristics, not necessarily always good, but they are distinguished different, that the likelihood of a man to stir up his kid to wrath is way higher. Yeah, and yeah. Way more natural than with a mom. Hmm. You know, and so, yeah. so the idea is yes, men and women are different. But elsewhere in Second Corinthians, he says, men act like a man, stand firm. Okay, literally stand firm, act like a man. He doesn't say act like a woman, act like an animal, act like a boy. He says, act like a man, stand firm. To me, stand firm means be focused. Yeah. Gotta be focused, right? Look at what needs to be accomplished, right? There's a difference between a boy and a man. Mm -hmm. Boys are silly. (laughs) I have boys, they're silly, right? I love them, I love them silly because that's where they're at in their life, but I wouldn't want a boy to lead our family into battle right? You want a man because he understands responsibilities. He understands ramification for choices, right? But then after that, Mm -hmm. he says, but in everything you do, man, do it in love. Yeah. Because the, and I post this the other day that the motivation, the fuel for masculinity is love. And we've messed it up because we think that, oh man, that guy's masculine. Look at his beard and his chest hairs and Look, he can shoot and he can fight. And, you know, man, he knocked two guys out yesterday. Man, he hit four home runs and he rushed for a thousand yards. That's what we associate with manliness. But the Bible says manliness is to be focused. Don't be a boy. Stand in in truth, right? Stand firm in Christ Mm -hmm. and everything you do, do it in love. So I was literally telling my son, yeah, last night. I said, listen, he's seven. I told him, you're going to be a man? You're going to be a strong man? He said, yeah. So then you need to be man enough to be loving. You have to be man enough to be loving because it takes a lot of courage to be loving, yeah. especially to be a loving masculine man in this society, because in this society, they look down on you for being a man. They do. Yeah. It's, you got to play to your strengths. I mean, I, I'll even say just in the dating world, right? When you're talking to someone else or looking at, at meeting with anyone um, with a girl or going on a date or anything like the right people aren't going to want you to be that wishy-washy or wearing a dress or whatever that like no. new standard is for a man. Like, like the right girl will want you to be somebody who is outspoken, sticks to their truth, does not fray, you know, in, in the face of animosity or hate or criticism or anything, stays true to who they are. And that shows and that builds this trust almost to where that feminine energy, that feminine can, can trust the masculine and they can, they can then blend and, and work together. Yeah. That's, there's that's nothing, insane. there's nothing unattractive about true and um, uh, honest and transparent masculinity. Mm -hmm. There is no woman on earth that's going to tell you that uh, they're not going to respect a man that is a real man, that they're not going to, you know, follow a real man that's a man because the real biblical masculinity 
if you are a real man, you're rooted in love, right? Yeah. And so there's not one woman on earth that's going to say that. And, 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 and anybody yeah. will tell you. The problem is, is that we have this machismo masculinity that many people subscribe to, and then the media eats it alive. Yeah. The media puts that in front of your face all day long yeah. because I'll even tell you that even the things that we're saying right now, mm-hmm. some of your listeners would be like, Oh dude, Oh, I can't believe he's even saying that. Right. Because it's yeah. like, you're, we're so pre-programmed to be afraid to say truth Yeah. because, Oh man, I can't believe he said that. Oh man, he, he's lucky. He's not on TMZ. They'll eat him alive. That's why people, that's why so many people voted for Trump and didn't tell nobody. They mm-hmm. were afraid to. You're afraid to. Do you think there's a conflict or an inner conflict that that guys have right now with the ability to create peace and have that kind of like that that confidence that everything's going right and not creating stir up or not creating problems and being true to themselves and being who they are and almost standing in the face and all of a sudden creating a situation in which there is confrontation, in which there is uh, the hate and animosity. I think the ultimate problem is, is that there's a, there's a, a, a level of morality mm. in right and wrong in um, a, a void of true spirituality um, that is missing, right? Yeah. Um, we as a, as a culture and as a nation need to get back to our roots um, and we need to get back to Christ, mm. right? Because even that in and of itself is going to piss somebody off. Yeah. Well, you know, what if I believe what I believe and you can believe what you believe, but that doesn't change truth. Right. And, and there was a time when uh, we believed uh, the truth, not, we didn't, we didn't try to create a truth that feels good to me. Mm-hmm. I just died to myself in the areas that I needed to die to, to fall in line with the truth of God. Yeah. And, um, and, and once you come to that place um, where you can submit, that is manly. Right. Being able to submit and lay down and know when you're wrong and and it, because it's hard. Right. Doing yeah. anything hard is usually manly. Right. Man, that was tough. Man, that man, he sucked it up. I couldn't believe he did that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard to humble yourself. Absolutely. It's hard to say you were wrong and it was say you were sorry. So to me, that's that's actually being a real man to be able to say, man, God, I, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm every <laughs> time I try, I just screw it all up. I mess it up. I need somebody. It's hard to be vulnerable and say you need somebody. Yes. Right? Yes. And because it's, so, not a, it's not a trait we're taught as masculine. Being no, vulnerable. it's not. You don't ask for help. Yep. Right? You don't ask for help. That means you're weak. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so you can model Christ's strength in you by being vulnerable, by being weak. So I think that, yeah, most definitely it's difficult. Um, but again, then it's always taught. You know, you go, we go backwards and it's always, you know, I heard somebody say the other day, Whenever I see a man that is physically or mentally uh, uh, abusive to a woman and to his kids, I see a man that hates himself inside. Wow. It's a little boy, a little boy that's inside and that hates himself. Because what does the Bible say? No person hates themselves, right? It says you should love your wife just like you love yourself. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. Well, if I'm beating my wife, then ultimately that means that I hate myself. And why do I hate myself? Because of how I was raised, because I always had my, my dad's, you know, words in the back of my head, 
stop being a sissy, you know, you're, you know, don't let people see you cry, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, whenever I, it doesn't matter how big you are, it doesn't matter how strong you are. You know, when you, when you hurt a child, when you hurt a woman, um, that's, that's a man that's a little boy inside that hates himself. Yeah. Right. You are right. You are. That's so true. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Let's do, yeah, let's dude. plan a, a part two. We'll get this, uh, this first one at least out and then we'll, we'll kind of get what we can for the next one. And then, yeah, we'll just keep rolling really where we were. I'll make a mental okay. note of kind of what we were talking about and we'll just keep rolling. Cause this is, I mean, this is great. I mean, especially, I think a lot of people need to hear kind of these kind of conversations and, and things that are rooted in truth and mass. Yeah, man. Perfect. Okay. We'll take it easy. Best of luck to you. Awesome, and uh, hey, I'll man. hit you up on the side. Sure. Okay, dude. Talk to you soon. All right. See you, Mario. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for checking out this episode with Mario. There's a lot more content that we ended up not getting to, so we're going to end up doing a part two. Make sure you guys go to at fulfillment underscore podcast. Send any questions or anything you want brought up into the next one now that you kind of have a little taste of what we talk about. And then be sure to show some Mario some love. Go over, support his channel, follow his pages. Uh, it's at freedomfighter1 on Instagram. That's freedom, F-R-E-E-D-M. There's no O in that name. So it's at freedomfighter1. Show him some love, send him some messages, let him know you came from the podcast and you heard what he said and you liked it a lot. Other than that, we'll see you guys in the next one. See ya.